the first reading, book of Deuteronomy 26, from verse 16, it says, Thus says the Lord, if you keep God's commandment and do these statutes and ordinances, you shall therefore be careful to do them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have declared this day concerning the Lord, that he is your God and that you will walk in his ways and obey his voice. To say the Lord will declare you to be his own possession. The Lord will declare concerning you that you are a people for his own possession. This is quite deep. So if you don't keep his status, if you don't keep his commandments, even though he created you in his image and likeness, you are not his own possession. You know, sometimes you hear people say, ah, the whole world belongs to God. Everybody is a child of God. Yeah, in the generic term, it is, 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 is correct. But when it comes to the nitty-gritty involved with the grace of salvation, not all belongs to him. You know what it means? The weight of being God's own possession. It takes a lot. And part of it, it says, if you will obey his voice, keeping his status, keeping his commandments, and his ordinances. When they say status, what do they mean by that? Let's take the three of them and look at them. What is the status? Hmm? Okay, what is different between status and ordinances? What is different between the status, ordinances, and commandments? You know, you are all bigger than me in school. Please have to help me. Amen. Amen. Please. I want some level of interaction here. What is ordinances? People of God, are we here? What is status? What is commandments? Okay, I'll take one, you give me two. I'll take commandments. His commandments is not just his ten commandments, but his word. Thus says the Lord, he begins to speak. That is his commandment. So who can remedy status? Eh? Status. When they say, what is the status? The status in Abuja. The way things are done in a particular place. The way things are done. There's a way things are done. That is status. 
like the culture of a particular place. The ordinances are the laws that govern that ways of life. The first is what? A way of doing things in a particular place. Second is what? The laws that cause that way of life. The laws that govern that way of life. Then his commandments are his words that give birth to the laws that give birth to the way of life. You follow the sequence now. The word of God is what brings about the laws of God. That is why, child of God, if you don't know the word of God, you can't keep his laws. Because the government of the world must be established in your life. The lordship of the, of the world. Because it is in discovering the word of God, you discover the laws of the spirit. And when you begin to live the laws of the spirit, you begin to act in a particular way. This is quite deep and we must understand the ways the Holy Spirit operates. Many just think that the Ten Commandments is just the laws. And so once you keep them, all is okay. What is part of the laws in your life? You see some Christians say, ah, I don't know whether this is evil. I don't know whether it's a sin. I don't know. Father, is it a sin? Because all they are thinking about is what is sin and what is not a sin. No. The life God has bequeathed to us is beyond that. So once you have his word, you will necessarily, by the Spirit, know his laws. His laws are beyond the Ten Commandments. They are beyond the, what they call it, the Decalogue. The law of faith. I'm sure you have heard about faith. You know faith is the law? The law of life. The law of love. These are laws. It's I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have what? Loved you. Is it in the Ten Commandments? It's not categorically said there. The law of faith. The law of the spirit. They are all captured in his word. And as the word takes flesh in you, you will just see yourself coming under some government governmental laws. Laws that will start making you act in a particular manner. Even sometimes there are things that we see as legitimate in life. But as you grow in the spirit, you will see yourself not yielding to those things. They are not sins in, in particular. But the spirit makes a demand of you based on the law captured in the word of God. And when you start responding to that demand of those laws in your life over, over time, you will see yourself acting in a particular manner. And that becomes what? The ordinance. Of a group of people. Child of God, to what degree have you, can you identify the laws operating in your life? Because without it, God cannot take position of you. Without it, God cannot take position of you and say, yes, this one is my own. That's why he must bring his word to us first. We must grow and understand the network of his word. And when the word comes first, the place he attacks is our mind. He wants to dominate your mind. 
You want to dominate your emotions. Then finally, you will dominate your body. To what degree does God control your mind? You think anything? You say, my ways are not your ways. You say, my thoughts are not your thoughts. In Isaiah 1.18, I say, come, let us reason together. That means he wants to implant his thoughts in your thoughts. It's only when you can think with God that you can begin to act his ways. Very important. And that's why Paul says, allow the word of God to richly dwell in you. Don't be a nominal Christian. Don't be a Christian who is just responding to call of religion. There's more in this our journey with God than the superficial that is being displayed everywhere, every day. It's a decision you have to make. Don't allow the voice of circumstances that surround you to, to kill your journey with God. Many invest so much to count success on this side of life. But when it comes to God, they are just nominal. The word of God has not taken root in them. The government of the world has not been established in their soul. Then their way of life, they don't even know the way they should live. They can't know their limits. What does it mean to be made holy? Holy means that you have been separated from the rest to face a particular way of life. You have been separated. If you can't see yourself as separated from the rest, you can't join with God. He said, be holy, for I, the Lord thy God, is holy. These are things that the Lord is crystallizing our heart in the course of this lengthy period. And it's only when this happens that you can begin to count and be relevant to God. You know, I've always preached about this so many times. How are you relevant to God? How has your Christian faith, you know, displayed some relevance to God? We measure so much about God blessing me, God favoring me. But to what degree have you become relevant to God? In what area can God say, ah, I trust this my son, I trust this my daughter, that in this area is making impute into my kingdom. Are you important to him? Is it because you are a child of God? No. Not everyone who is in the church is important to God. There are people that are so important to God that he's ready to sacrifice hundreds to save that person. Me, personally, I desire that type of life. I walk towards it every day. I must be captured in the agenda of God. I can't just be, you know, as one of my priest friends used to say, follow, follow. <laughs> you know, in Spanish, he preached the Lord and he said, follow, follow Christians who are here. Are you still here? Don't follow again. Eh? And Jesus was talking to the crowd and said, if you want to be my disciple. But they are following him already now. There are many who are following, but they are not yet what? Disciples. You see the point? It's very, very important. If you want to be my disciple, if you want, it's a choice. If you want to be my disciple, you see, you must deny yourself because your greatest enemy to journey with God is your very self. Your very self. Not the devil. The devil always invests in the self that you idolize. That selfishness in you. That, you know, self-attention. That self that limits you from yielding to God and becoming a fool for God. 
will limit you. It will frustrate you. It will blind you from seeing the light of God. It's very devilish. And what is the self? The self is the product of all that the world has put in you. The culture of the world, the laws of the world, and the word of the Lord, of, of the world, if you like. The culture that the world has implanted in you, and some of them have created laws in your life. And those laws now have made you to start acting in a particular way. For instance, let me ask one question. Who made it a law that we must eat three times a day? You see the point? Who made it a law? Is it God that told you to be eating three times a day? There are many of them like that. It's called status quo. Who originated that? It's the culture of the world. You see, Jesus was mentioned in the gospel. You, it, has, it was said, if you, you should love your what? Lo, love those who love you and hate your enemies. But you see, I say, who said that first one, first of all? Who said love, your, your, love those who love you and hate your enemies? It's not the world. But he came and said what? He said, Love your enemies and pray for those who hate you. That's the love, the spirit of the word of God. If you do me, I do you. God no go first. That's the culture of the world. Jesus went for us to say, if you learn something to somebody, he said, don't ask it. Ask for it again. But in the world, who dare you? If you take my thing, I will ask for it. And we all grew up with it. But as you grow in the word of God, you will see that sometimes when this happens, the word will tell you, leave it. It's painful, but you will leave it to please the word. The word will tell you that your primary reason for being here is to worship God and to serve God. Every other thing is secondary. But the word will tell you, oh no, make it in life first. God is just here to help you get whatever you want. So you give God the, the, mini, the, the, the smallest of all things. The smallest of your time, the smallest of your treasure, the smallest of your talent. But you give the world all the abundance of your time, of your treasure, of your talent. And when the world has finished ripping you off, they dump you and you say you have retired. Then, at that point, man come and say, God, I love you. You see how the world is really affecting the faith of people. So the Lord knows why he's given us these dimensions and we must allow ourselves to reflect over them in the course of this lengthening period. How have I come under the government of the word of God? What is shaping my life today? What is shaping my, 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 my actions? What is shaping my choice? So as we dig deep and see the Lord sincerely in our hearts, he's ready. He's ready. Paul said, I beat my body. Less on that day, they count me out. Follow. He said he will beat his body. He would restrain himself. He would deal with himself. Because he doesn't want on that day to be counted out. So as we are coming to the Lord at this Mass, let us sincerely come to him and mean what we are doing and ask him to touch our hearts and allow the grace of this season to really bless us. So at the end of it all, we can see that after these 40 days, we have made a major shift in the spirit where the Holy Spirit of God will continue to glorify God in our lives through Christ our Lord.